0: Thanks for tuning in to the New Life South Coast Weekly Sermon Podcast. Due to the coronavirus crisis, we're holding church services online until further notice, and we encourage you to join us. For info and updates, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at New Life SoCo and visit our website at newlifesouthcoast.com. Now here's an encouraging word. I want you to open your Bibles. We're going to continue our... Series on living a spirit filled life out of book of Acts. It's so fitting, I believe, that we're in the book of Acts in the middle of everything that's going on in our society right now. And I believe that these first believers have a lot to teach us how to maneuver through all of the stuff that's happening right now. The, that's what I love about the Bible, it's so relevant. You know, to me, the Bible is like reading tomorrow's newspaper, it's always ahead of us. You know, and that's the good news. Like, God is not shocked, God's not surprised, He's always ahead of us, He's always ahead of the curve. And, uh, and I believe that they have a lot to teach us. And so in order for us to really get this today, though, I need you, I need you to, uh, to lean in a little bit. Because it's one of those, um, I think it's one of those crockpot messages. It's going to take, you know, a little time here for us to get to the point. But we're going we're gonna to get there. Tell your neighbor, we're, we're going somewhere. Just come along. Don't get lost in the woods of your mind somewhere. Just come along for the ride. Acts 15, right? This is a very, very powerful Chapter because this was a pivotal moment in the church. We've been looking at the fact that since Acts chapter 1, the Holy Spirit has been breaking barriers, started with language barrier. Right from the beginning, Acts 1 and 2, the Holy Spirit comes. They speak in a way that everybody can understand. He's breaking that barrier. And we, we saw that he's breaking cultural barriers, right? He's bringing Jews and Gentiles together, right? And he's breaking now religious barriers. He's making sure that nothing can keep people from the grace of God because it's all about the grace of God. So we're going to title this talk... The gospel is our baseline, and and you're going to see why here. And I think it's so important right now what's happening. So if you track with me, we're going to go somewhere here. Acts 15 says this in verse 1. It says, while Paul and Barnabas were at Antioch of Syria, some men from Judea arrived and began to teach the believers. They began to teach them a different gospel. They said, look, unless you are circumcised as required, By the law of Moses, you cannot be saved. Now, let's stop there for a second. My friends, imagine you're a grown man hearing this message. Everybody said, ouch. You'll be singing on a whole nother level. You'll be hitting that falsetto note that only a few people can hit. If you're a grown man, you have to be circumcised. Anybody else think that's funny? I I think that's pretty funny. Maybe I read the Bible wrong, but I find humor in the Bible. As a grown man, they're like, you want me to do what? Verse 2, Paul and Barnabas disagreed. Thank God they disagreed. All the men said amen. (laughs) And they argued. Finally, the church decided to send Paul and Barnabas to Jerusalem, accompanied by some local believers, to talk to the apostles and elders about this question. So important. My friends, this is is called the first council of Jerusalem. This is the first official meeting of the church between Jews and Gentiles to say, hey, we need to get on the same page here because this is weird. This is not the gospel. If, If they start getting circumcised, it's no longer about the grace of God. It's about rules and laws and regulations and we have graduated from that because Jesus came to fulfill the law he didn't come to bring us backwards into the old so this is a very important moment in the history of the church my friends this is so important you have to understand this that if it's if it's Jesus plus something else then then everything that Jesus did gets nullified it has the gospel is Jesus Jesus is life Jesus' death, Jesus' resurrection that brings life. It's not Jesus plus something else. It's Jesus plus nothing equals everything. That's the gospel. That's the only gospel that we need. And so this was very important because, listen, you start adding circumcision, now you're going to add other laws and rules and regulations. Next thing you know, what is the gospel? By the way, the Bible tells you that the real circumcision that God's looking for is the circumcision of the heart where your heart has been transformed, where your heart has been regenerated, where your heart has been now fully submitted to the will and the purpose of God. You don't need an outward circumcision. You need an inward circumcision of the heart that can transform you so now you can do the will of God. That's the grace. That's the gospel, right? Because think about it. I know we're in church, but can we have an honest moment for a second? All of us have done outward religious things without our hearts being attached to it. No honest people in this church of Jesus Christ. <laughs> right? How many times in our life have we, have we worshipped, but our hearts was thinking about pizza? I know we're in church, but how many times your hands are raised, but you're thinking, how in the world are they going to solve this, uh, this NFL situation? Because I want fantasy football to come back. <laughs> Y'all ain't going to... Like, how many how many, how many, many religious things that we've done that our hearts are not attached to? Me? How many of you guys grew up going to, to, to church and, 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 and got catechized and baptized and done tithes and, and all the ties, and you're still like, man, I don't even know what, why I'm doing here. Have you ever? Come on. Everybody talk to me like... It's not about the outward things that you're doing. It's what's happening in your heart. The gospel comes to circumcise your heart so you can truly worship God in spirit and in truth. And and if you allow that to be something else, then it's no longer the gospel. It's gospel plus. So this was a very important moment. They had to talk about this. And I'm glad they said, we need to talk about this. We don't need to argue. We need to talk about this something that we're missing right now. We need to talk about this. And so they decided we need to go to Jerusalem because that's where the first disciples are and that's where the church began. So let's have a conversation around this. Let's get on the same page because this is very important. If we don't get this right, my friends, if you don't get Jesus right, you get everything else wrong. So so let's jump down to verse 8, this meeting. This is what... They said, verse 8, God knows people's hearts. And He confirmed that He accepts Gentiles by giving them the Holy Spirit just as He did to us. He made no distinction between us and them. Please highlight that. Reason why we're such a turmoil in our society because we have this mindset of us versus them. But he said the Holy Spirit came to break that barrier of us and them. It's not us and them anymore. It's we, humanity, in one journey, in one battle, in one struggle. (laughs) For he cleansed their hearts through faith. So why are you now challenging God by burdening the Gentile believers with a yoke that neither we nor our ancestors were able to bear? Did you catch that? They're like, we haven't been able to keep the law ourselves. Now we're going to give them the law that we ourselves couldn't keep. How hypocritical of us. You know how many people will tell you to do all the things they're not doing? Y'all ain't going to talk to me. And they're like, that makes no sense. That's going backwards. The gospel is about progressive revelation, not regressive slavery. Oh, that's such a good word. This is why Black Lives Matter. Hello. You can't go back quiet in this Baptist church. (laughs) Verse 11, we believe, this is so important, please highlight this verse. We believe that we are all saved by the same way, by the undeserved grace of the Lord Jesus. And if you love Jesus, you ought to give him some praise this morning. All are saved. By the undeserved grace. Because if you start adding laws and regulations, now you're earning what's already yours. It's a gift. You don't earn it. You don't deserve it. You can only celebrate what God, through Jesus, has done. That's the grace of our Lord Jesus. We can't lose sight of grace. If we lose grace, we'll get into laws and regulations and we'll lose Jesus. And so this is a very important moment for them and for us. Look, I'm going to jump down to verse 19 where they said okay here's the resolution to this and so my judgment is that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. Ah, man, this thing is so loaded. Listen, my friends, our job is not to make it difficult for anyone who's trying to turn to God. Our job is to take away barriers so they can walk through and be able to worship God and be able to bless God and be able to find their lives transformed. We need to stop trying to put rules and regulations in front of people. That's why so many people are turned off by God, not because of Jesus, but because of the rules and the regulations that we humans have put in front of them. It's time to take away the barriers. Jesus came to make a way, a highway. Our job is to take anything you see on the highway, any little thing that can stop people from pursuing the will of God. He said, we know we've got to stop making it so difficult. I believe more churches would be filled with people if people would stop making it so difficult for them to worship God. Like, listen, it's not Jesus plus your hairstyle. It's not Jesus plus your wardrobe. It's not Jesus plus how well can you speak in tongues. It's not Jesus plus, it's no, it's Jesus plus nothing equals everything. So this is, they said, listen, this is the resolution, okay? Stop making it difficult. Instead, we should write them. And tell them to abstain. Write them, why? Because that was the technology of the day. That's all they had. That's all they had. If they had Facebook, they'd be like, "Oh, we need to make a Facebook post. (laughs) Paul, get on Instagram. Let them know. Here's what I'm asking you. Okay? Look, he said, we should write and tell them to abstain from eating food offers to idols, from sexual immorality, and from eating the meat of strangled animals and consuming and from consuming blood. In other words, if I can translate that to what 21st century mindset is, he said, listen, we should tell them, stop. just stop doing weird things. <laughs> and the problem with that is, when I say weird things, weird means so many different things to so many people. So here's what I want you to translate this. Whatever's weird for you, stop doing that. Just focus on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because <laughs> for them, they, this is a time and place where they would worship so many gods. And so they would offer sacrifices to them. And, and, and the Christians were like, listen, that's, that's weird. Let's, just not, let's not do that, right? Save your meat for your barbecue. Like, don't save it for the idols. Like, go home and have a barbecue, okay? And, 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 and don't have sex with just anybody. That's kind of weird. God created you as a sexual being, but you're a temple of the Holy Spirit. So just have sex with your spouse. If you just do that, then you're good. Amen. Sounds good, right? I, like guess like, yeah, Jesus, and stop doing weird things. <laughs> I love that. Simplifying stuff. Right? So they write this letter, and here's how they write this letter. Look, verse, verse 28. Look, I love this. This is one of my favorite verses in the entire Bible. I've read the whole thing. But I think every week I say this is my favorite. This is my most favorite right now. Look, I love this. For it seemed good. To the Holy Spirit and to us, to not lay no greater burden on you than these few requirements. How cool is that? Hey, we talked, we had a conversation, we prayed, and it, feels, it sounds good to us and the Holy Spirit. Like, this is, this is what really matters. I love the humility in that language. Seems good, right? Sounds like a good idea, guys. That's what they say, basically. I love that because they didn't come with the pride of, God told us to tell you. There's so much pride in that sentence. God told me. Because if God told you, then you're trump, it's the trump card. I can't tell you anything else. But the problem is if you say God told me and then God didn't back it up, did God really tell you? Oh, y'all ain't going to talk to me today. Oh, we're going somewhere today. This is all introduction. Y'all, y'all ready to go somewhere today? Listen, side note, I haven't preached with the with, with crowd in a room for a long time. So you gotta give me some room today. We we might be here for a while. Right. So, so verse twenty-nine. Again, they reiterated what they said in the letter. Okay, listen, you must abstain from eating food offered to idols, from consuming blood, or eat meat, strangled animals, and from sexual morality. If you do these things, you will do well. Farewell. How cool is that? I love that. Listen, hey, you love Jesus. You are saved by grace. Stop doing weird things. You're going to do great. (laughs) I mean, that's amazing. That's pretty awesome. Unfortunately, I don't know where this got lost in translation. That we've made it about so many other things. And we lost the grace of God in translation because we've made it about rules and regulations and do's and don'ts. Don't you know that when Jesus is in you, automatically his spirit is going to teach you what's his will, what's not his will, what you should do, what you shouldn't do. Like, thats we have to trust the Holy Spirit to do that. So they have to have this conversation, my friends, because if not, the gospel would have gotten lost in translation. 21st century later, the gospel has gotten lost in translation. And that's why we're in a mess that we are. Because we've made it about compartments and departments and categories and we put people in different places and and so instead of us all being on this human journey, we've made it about categories of people. And And that's the reason why we find ourselves in such a mess in our society. My friends, we gotta get back to the grace of God and drop the legalism that we're trying to put in front of people to follow God. Now, this is so important because they hit a roadblock And what did they do? They had a conversation. That's what we need. We need more conversation. We need more dialogue. Because we're not having conversations. Everybody has opinions, but no one's listening. Everybody already knows what they want to say before you even say what you think you're going to say. Have you noticed, we don't really listen to people We're waiting to respond. We no longer really listen to someone's point of view because we're already stuck in our point of view and we're so prideful that we can't see that there's other angles to that point of view. Last time I checked, there's at least two sides. Actually, last time I checked, there's about 10 sides to every story. So they had to talk. They had to pray. They had to come to an agreement. My friends, this is where, if you take your notes, we have lost the art of dialogue, of having an actual conversation that can actually lead us somewhere together. We're no longer building bridges. We're destroying them. They felt that it was so important to talk about this because, my friends, a divided church is a weak church. They said, this is too important, and we need to sit, we need to talk, because things are going so well, and the enemy would love to put a wrench in this thing, Amen. and make it about something else. My friends, you know what we need right now? I pray you catch this, we need what the Bible calls the gift of discernment, Amen. to know how to have conversations, and how to pick and choose our battles. Amen. Think about it. Think about it. If the gospel is the baseline of your life, if the gospel, not rules, regulations, do's and don'ts, you, if the gospel of Jesus Christ, the grace of God has permeated your heart and your soul, if the gospel truly is the baseline of your life, you are no longer, you are no longer driven to be right. You are driven to be righteous. We live in a society where we're just driven to be right. Because we're so driven to be right, we throw righteousness out the window. When a believer is driven to be right, he will use the Bible as a weapon against other people. As opposed to use it as a bridge to bridge gap between us and you. It's not about us and them anymore, he says. It's about us collectively seeing this thing from the perspective of God who wants to unite all people, who wants to bring everybody to the table. We're not just invited to the table, you're invited to build the table. So my friends, we've lost the art of conversation. If we're so consumed with being right, we're gonna keep missing the point. Think about it, why do most marriages get in trouble is when we're just consumed being right. Amazing two people who love each other will go to bed angry because I'm right. Yeah, you're right and you're gonna be up all night, toss it and turn it because you're right. Or oh, y'all ain't gonna talk to me today. You know, that's me, uh, 90% of our fights. I'm right. And because I'm right, I can't sleep now. The truth is, if we take a step back from being so right, we realize that 90% of our fights is over dumb stuff, isn't it? Isn't it? Like, married people, that be married for at least five years. Aren't most of our arguments over dumb, idiotic stuff? Oh, nobody's been married for more than five years in this place. Like, have you ever pulled back from your stupid anger and go, What the heck are we doing? <laughs> have you ever done that? We've done that in the middle of a fight. It's like, What are we fighting about? <laughs> We're so consumed with being right, and we missed the point that it's about relationships. It's about progress. It's about me hearing your point of view. It's about me welcoming you. You know what you know when you you graduated from being right to being righteous? Let me tell you how you will know. I'm going to give you a clue here that is so critical for all of us in a society. I'm preaching to myself as well. The clue that you will know you've graduated. You're no longer immature. You're no longer looking to be right. The clue is this. How many questions do you ask? People who are bound in being right just want to spew their position but question says i care about you so tell me about you tell me about your neighborhood tell me about where you come from tell me what does it feel like to be black in america because if i ask questions i'm building bridges i'm no longer assuming because i can't assume to know your shoes That's a big thing right now. We're assuming people's plights and we're not taking time to say, how does it feel to walk in your jays? Can you imagine if we really cared about people, we cared more about people than we cared about being right? Imagine what kind of world we would create, what kind of marriages we would have, what kind of children we would have. Some people have kids and they never ask their questions. And kids are the most humblest people in the world. They're always asking questions. I got five of them. It's annoying. They like say questions after questions after questions. Why? Because they're in awe. They want to learn. They want to grow. At some point, we graduated from asking questions. Therefore, we graduated from growing. It's the questions that build bridges between two people. You don't, listen. I am African, but I still don't fully know what it feels like to be black American. If I don't ask questions, then I'll miss it. I'll miss what God's trying to do right now. My my mindset has shifted about 2020, man. I got a different mindset. I'm seeing it differently. I'm seeing that God is causing a major worldwide disruption to say no longer do do we stand on the sideline watching these things happen. We need to get in the game and we be part of the solution. That's what God is doing. Think about this, right? Just think about this. It just hit me yesterday. 99.9% of the people who went out protesting never met George Floyd personally. That's incredible. They, they, they through caution to the wind, in the middle of a virus pandemic, justice became more important than their own safety because they wanna see a better America. And they came from all walks of life and whites, blacks, Latinos joined together. If you missed that, then you missed the point of being right versus being righteous. Justice. My God. The right people say, what about the looting? What about the violence? You missed the point. There would be no looting and violence if there was justice first. You missed it. You missed the opportunity to push the dialogue forward. You put a barrier. But God is trying to make a highway. Missed it, my friends. If we don't ask questions, we're missing the point. We're missing the awe of learning. We say God is Awesome. But how do you know he's awesome if you stop learning about him and his will and his purpose? If you know everything, then God is no longer awesome. God is boring. When I stop learning, man, church becomes boring because I know everything. And there's nothing worse than sitting with a know-it-all. Don't elbow anybody. Yeah, you ever talk to people? I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Okay, then why are we talking? They know everything and know nothing at the same time. We've lost the art of dialogue. Listen, please understand this. We live in a day and age where we think posting is talking. It's not the same thing. And let me go a step further because there's some people who think that posting they're making a difference. No, no, no. That's a great way to raise awareness, but it's not the point i pray christians understand this capital c christians everywhere posting does not mean you're being like jesus you got to get on the ground you got to put your boots to the ground you got to walk with people talk with people converse with people that's where we're going to go somewhere we got social media warriors causing more damage than good because they got a lot of opinions, but, but they don't have a heart to actually talk with people. That's why I felt compelled to have the conversation. I hope you watch it with, with the police officer, white police officer married to a black woman. Because I needed perspective. I needed perspective. Because without perspective, we generalize people. Without perspective, we say all white officers are racist. Without perspective, what do people say? All churches are the same. Wow, you visit all of them. All pastors want your money. All of them. Because I would tell you, in our right mindset, we wouldn't even be doing this. You can't pay me enough for this. <laughs> Trust me. But with our perspective, we just like the big general statements. But when you sit with an officer who's white, who says, Man, I got into this to help people. And now I have the stigma on me because a few of them, a few bad apples have rotten, the whole thing. And here you have a black woman on the other side saying, yes, what do I do? I cry all night because I don't know what's gonna happen to him. When you have conversation, you have perspective. And so what happens when you have those conversations? You begin to have a heart for police officers who are in it for the right reasons, for the right purpose. Yes, you seek justice, but you don't put all of them into the same category and say all of you are problems. My friends, we've lost the power of questions. Questions are powerful. Where are you from? How'd you get here? What has inspired you? What has been your biggest challenges? What does it feel like to be black and live in a neighborhood? What does it feel like to go to a job interview and knowing that you're already not gonna be qualified? What does it feel like to be applauded on the NFL field, but to be booed off the field. Yes, Thought about that? Man, we love our black athletes on the field, but when they act off the field, we say shut up and dribble. Can you imagine if we take all the black athletes out of sports, it's like the rapture. Try and watch the NBA without our black athletes. Layups all day. <laughs> Bob Coos is coming back. <laughs> oh, my friends, we need dialogue. These are the people who are entertainers, and they're hurting. Have you ever ask the question, what does it feel like to be a single mom? Trying to raise your kids. Now there's not even g- child care. How do, what does that feel like? Conversations. That's what will get us from point A to point B. Because here's what conversations will do. Conversations will take people away from categories and put us all in the human experience of life. All of us. And for the church, we have to be careful that we don't put religious categories boundaries for people. We should be taken boundaries away. We should be taking limitations away. For Christians, we need to stop saying things like, that person is not saved. Why don't you say, that person is unchurched. He needs a place. Why don't you say, hey, that person doesn't get it yet. Get what I'm saying? Like it changes when you see people. You don't see them as a lost cause, why? Because you were a lost cause, but by the grace of God, you are where you are today. Oh, the beauty of diversity, if we were just having conversation, we would see that God's like, man, this has been my heart all along. I've been wanting to unite people. You can't read this without seeing that. If you can't, you you missed it. Here's another one. People say, not me, I'm colorblind. Well, guess what? God's not. He created color, created race, created culture. He's saying, I want you to celebrate it, not deny that it's not there. It's actually about celebrating the diversity that I created in the first place. My friends, the hard work for us, like for them, is how do we work on including people, not excluding them. That's why they're like, we need to meet. If we don't meet, we're going to exclude some people here that God wants to include. Sometimes a conversation is what's going to include people. As a pastor, I worry about that because I know most people are thinking, do I belong there? Most people are not worried about the kind of music. They're worried about, do I belong there, though? Like, do I belong? And the way people are going to feel they belong is because we have conversations with them to make them belong. A worship service is not going to do it. Conversations is what's going to make people feel like they belong at the table. And they can help build the table, too. Oh, so funny, people say, you're welcome at the table. Like, no, they don't want to just be welcome They want to build the table. It's like we have the ability to build the table with you. That's what people are looking for. This is what they were doing. They were building together, saying, oh, no, we can't exclude anybody. If they are saved by the grace of God, they need to come in from all walks of life. You know, we've lost the ability and the beauty of applauding others. There's so humility in applauding other people. You know, I I went out to see the protest because I'm interested in solutions. I want to meet the leaders. I want to know how can we help because I want to make sure we're coming alongside the right things because I don't just jump blindly. I need to know, I need to ask questions. I need to know, like, what are you for? Like, like you, you, you're for justice, but you, if you're for justice, but you say you're anti-police, then I'm not with you because I'm for justice and for police. Like, I, I just, I want to know. But you know what I was blown away by? I was blown away by the reality that 100% of them were young, young kids. With enough sense to say, I need to do something. They don't even know what they're doing. That's what I found out. They don't know what they're doing. But you know what? I'll take that any day over the people who know they should be doing something and don't do anything. So you know what? You know what my heart is? Hey, they need some guidance. They need some leadership. But I need to applaud the effort that you're out here wanting to make a difference. Want to bring justice. The last thing I need is to be a voice of, ooh, these kids. Yeah, these kids have a passion. Our job is to steer in the right direction. Not to throw cold water on it. Calling them thugs or rioters, all this stuff, missing the point of justice. That everybody is created equal. The humility of receiving from others is what's lacking from us society. The humility to sit with someone and just receive. Even in church, we have a hard time receiving. Have you noticed that? Believers, saved by the grace of God, to receive the grace of God, we try to give you a gift. No, 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 no. We have so much false humility on us that we can't even say, yeah, thank you. I receive. You know, it is more blessed to give than to receive. So let me receive this time, and I can bless you as well, but you know what? We're so kicked up with insecurities that we can't receive. You know why we can't have honest-to-goodness conversations because we're so insecure that if someone brings a different point of view, we feel threatened. Think about it. Why would someone walking down the street make you feel threatened because you already have preconceived notions about them? It's our own insecurities that makes us go, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, uh-uh, I need to do a Facebook post. (sighs) That person's right there. You didn't talk. Have you noticed? I find this funny, especially the church. We talk to everybody else but the person we need to talk to. Yeah, they going to talk. And we use the Christianese. You know, girl, pray for, wait, did you talk to her though? Did you actually have a conversation with her? Because a lot of times we have conversations in our heads, but we never had an actual conversation. We say in our heads, I know how oh, this is going to go. Yeah, but you, you decided what's going to go in your head. But did you actually have a conversation? Because that's where we're going to go somewhere. By having actual conversation like they did. They're like, no, we got to talk. This is going to get out of head if we don't talk. Listen, the gospel says, here's, here's the funny part. The gospel says we're all wrong. Romans 3.23, all have fallen short of the glory of God. So here's the problem. We are so adamant on being right, but we didn't realize God's like, you're all wrong. <laughs> so here's the thing you can't all be right, but you're all wrong. And guess what? That's a great place to start. Because if I can acknowledge that I don't have all the answers, that I also fall short, that I have also have holes, that I have gaps, that I have uh, hypocr- hip- hypocrisy in me as well, guess what? I would approach you differently because I understand, man, I got some stuff I need to work on, and you got some stuff you need to work on. And so I would approach you very differently. <laughs> Conversations would be very different if I come from that place of, man, I'm, I'm already jacked up. All right. All right. But the problem is, if insecurity makes you want to be better than somebody else. That's why race is so evil. That you feel like I have to be better than you. When we're all created in the image likeness of God, the grace levels the playing field. guess not all of you fall short. So we'll start from that baseline. And we can build from the ground up. Are you with me? So listen, my friends, the gospel is what makes the difference. The gospel has to be the baseline of every thinking that i do words that i say how i view people where i put my foot where i put my hands to the gospel must be the baseline if the gospel is not the baseline we're missing the heart of god let me let me unpack that a little more here's what i'm trying to say my baseline is not that i'm african My baseline is that I am a follower of Jesus who happens to be African, right? My baseline is not that I'm Democrat or Republican because neither one can fit the narrative of God. So my baseline is, God, how do you want me to view the policies and the people that you put in position because you're not Democrat, you're not Republican. My baseline is that I am a follower of Jesus and I have to pray for my leadership. I need to call out injustices. I need to show the will of God in every situation. When the gospel is not your baseline, then you're going to make decisions based on your race and your politics. And anytime you're doing that, you're always going to fall on either left or the right because it's about us versus them as opposed to we. The gospel has to be the central baseline of my decisions. And it's tough because the gospel is uncomfortable. The gospel says, I want you to... Feel the tension of grace and truth. I don't want you to pick a side. I don't want you to pick truth over grace. I don't want you to pick grace over truth. I want you to live in that tension right now because that's where life matters and that's where change happens. That's the gospel. The gospel says, who has sinned, throw the first stone. That's grace. But the same gospel, the same story says, now go and sin no more. That's truth. So it's not one or the other. It's both. And as a believer, I have to walk in attention of everything that I see. And so I cannot just see what's happening in our society through the lenses of my race, or of my politics. I need to see it through the lens of God. If I don't see it through the lens of God, I'm missing something. So as a believer, the hard work for me, and I praise for you too, is to do my homework. God, what are you up to? Before I jump to a conclusion. Because if all I do is watch CNN, Trump does nothing good. And if all I do is watch Fox, Trump does nothing wrong. And if all I do is watch MSNBC, I don't even know what you're watching. So. So my wife will tell you I sit there and I'll watch CNN for 10 minutes and then I jump to Fox for 10 minutes and then I jump to MSNBC for 10 minutes and then I jump to the Bible for 10 minutes because I need to know God, what is it that you are saying? Because if we have an accomplice in this fight is the media. Media loves to take sides. Media loves to, 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 to stir up the pot. Media loves to, to, to say all the things that you know is gonna cause emotion. It's gonna stir you up. And then ah, next thing you know, you become a warrior for the wrong reasons. Not realizing that it's not us versus them. The gospel takes away that. It's no longer me versus you. I'm for you. I'm for your family, I'm for your loved ones, I'm for your city. That's why when I go to protest, I'm like, God, tell me, what, what is it? What are you guys trying to do? Because I can't. I can't be part of anything that's gonna destroy our city. But if you wanna build a city, I'm with you. If you wanna build others, I'm with you. I'm not here to tear down, I'm here to build up. Listen, we're called to build bridges. The gospel breaks barriers. I think God's up to something big. I think God's up to something really big. I think God's breaking some serious barriers. Not just in our nation, this is worldwide. I am still baffled that people who never met this man went out, put their lives on the line because something, there's a GPS inside humanity that says justice needs to prevail. Right is right. So my friends, please, as Christians, we need to put the gospel above all our personal preferences because that's the good news. We need to be known, please, please hear my heart. We need to be known for what we are for, not what we're against. If all you are, if you, all you're known is for what you're against, you will never fight for the right things. Notice they're like, man, let's take the barriers out of the way because they have the grace of God. That's what I'm fighting for. So let me, let me, let me make something clear here about the gospel. This is so important. And I pray you hear this. The gospel makes me a victor, not a victim. Because I am a believer, I refuse to be a victim to racism as an African man. Because I'm a believer, I refuse to, anybody to put me in any category because I refuse to be in any man's box. I refuse any stigma, any lies, any deceits, and I pray that gets on all of us. We're not here to be victims. We're here to be victors. We're not seen by our race or color or culture. We are seen by the grace of God, and the Bible says that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, so every obstacle is a position for me to raise up and beat that obstacle and make a way where there seems to be no way. I refuse to be a stigma of society. I'm going to rise above because I'm not the tail. I am the head. If God before me, who can be against me? So be careful. Don't let society put this victim mindset on you. We're the gospel people. We've been liberated. We've been set free. We are more than conquerors. We refuse to be, well, poor is me. I'm African and I live in America. No, 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 I'm, I'm a believer and I live in America and I'm proud to be African and I'm proud to be a believer. I refuse the stigma of racism in my life, in my children's life. They're gonna live in a better world. They're gonna be a better tomorrow. I refuse it. I'm more than a black man. I am a believer. I'm a child of the most high. Come on, you gotta take your rightful place in this thing. And right now, I'm not even talking about your race, I'm talking about your position of the heart. Refuse any obstacle. Whatever they put in your way, say, oh, that's just a giant, and he's a sling, and I'm gonna throw this thing down, and I'm gonna knock that down. I refuse it, I refuse it. You go to a job interview, they don't hire you, tell them it's too bad, you missed out. I'm gonna go somewhere else and be a blessing somewhere else. Oh, they deny you credit. Come on, somebody. You got to say, God, I'm going to tithe. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to believe you. You're going to make a way for me. I refuse to be a victim. I will buy a house. My kids will have a house. My kids will have a better future. My kids will have a better tomorrow. I refuse to be a victim. I am not a victim. I am a victor because Christ has already paid the victory for me. I can do more with him than I can do without him. I refuse for you to put me in a little box. I am a child of God. That's who we are. My friends, this is important because for six years, we've worked so hard to build a diverse, strong church, and we cannot let the world narrative to come and destroy what we're building in this place, that we are better together, we are for each other, we are for each other, we love each other, we don't care what color you're from, we don't care what neighborhood you're from, we don't care what your past is like, we thank God for all of you, we thank God for every single one of you, you're not there yet, but you're on your way, and we love you, and we love your family, we love your city, we love love you, everything about you. That's who we are. We're not even a, a, a 100% capacity. Look around you. Look at the diversity. We got to celebrate what God is doing in our midst. We got to fight to keep the right narrative of the gospel. That's how we inheritance. We are children of God before we are anything else. That's why we can celebrate each other. And we can spur each other on. That's why we can be humble enough to say, seems like a good idea. To stop doing some weird things. So I don't have to judge you, condemn you. I can just say, ah, it's kind of weird. <laughs> it feels good to tell jokes again with people. <laughs> I love that. My friends, we need that in the church. I mean Capital C church, not just this church. We need more humility. I'm not a fan of the God-told-me crowd because there's lack of humility there. No one can know 100% that God told them something. But you can be certain that God can lead you, God can steer you, God can guide you, God can push, God can encourage you in a certain direction. But listen, listen, these are the first believers who were with Jesus who said, sounds like a good idea. If anyone could have said God told me, it would have been down. They were humble enough to say, no, it sounds like a good idea, guys. We don't put any burden on these guys. Seems good to us and the Holy Spirit. Something happens when you pray. My friends, we need above all things to pray so we can hear what the Holy Spirit is trying to do. We just spent 12 hours praying. Because we before we move into action, we need to get his heart to know God. What is the course of action? Because right now our feelings are all over the place. I don't know about you. I've been angry. I've been upset. I've been discouraged. But I came, I sat here for 12 hours. I couldn't spend a better 12 hours to get perspective, to get healing, to get focus, and to get the will of God again, and to see, and for God to show, listen, no, listen, we're not done yet. This is just birth pains, a revival. I'm doing something. I'm breaking barriers. I'm breaking all the bondages, all the lies, all the deceits. Here's why, listen, here's why, listen. Black lives matter, here's why. Because if black lives matter, guess what? Police life will matter. If black lives matter, guess what? Society will be better. If we can just zero in on this one thing. Don't get distracted with people saying it's about looting and violence. No, no, get, don't get distracted. I'm doing this right here. If I can break this barrier, guess what? Education will be better. Cities will be better. Lives will be better. Listen, it's about focusing. Don't let the lies of the enemy come in. What God is doing right now. This is, listen, we live in history, my friends. I'm telling you, my, sh- my perspective of 2020 has shifted. Pray we'll do that. Say, like, man, no, this is deeper. God's trying to break a deep stronghold that's been in our nation for 400 years. Some demons die hard. I think he's putting his, his foot on that neck. The right neck. He's trying to destroy something here. So let me end with this because I felt compelled to say this. It seemed good to me <laughs> to say this. That, that the Lord said, I want, uh, this is the kind of church I want you to build. I can't answer for the entire nation. But I can only answer for what God calls us to answer. And my friends, for me, I feel strongly convicted by this, that we, number one, a call to build a church that breaks barriers between church people and unchurch people. We're here to build bridges. We're here to invite people in. We're here to be inclusive. We're here to, to, to make room for as many people as possible. That's why we only preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. No rules, no regulations, no commendations, no judgment. We want you to know that Jesus is for you. Some of the criticisms i receive received since being here is that, hey, you, you preach a light gospel. You preach a watered-down gospel. Why? Because I don't add barriers. And it's just, you got to brush it off. Because you know your mission. And you know that once you taste the grace of God, you don't want to add anything to it. Because Jesus plus nothing equals everything. And that is what we preach here. That's what we will continue to preach here. Number two, we believe we are called to be an active body of believers in our city. It's fascinating to me that we always done serve the city, but during this pandemic, we've done more clothes than, than we ever done before. Why? Because you can't stop the people of God from reaching a city and blessing a city and helping a city. Number three, I believe God calls us to Build a church that grows in spirit, in truth, and in numbers. Because you can't read a chapter in Acts without them saying, and they kept growing. And the believers kept being added. My friends, we're not here just to do a social thing, a gathering. No, we're here to keep gathering more people from all walks of life, from every neighborhood, from every block, from every position to say, hey, you're welcome here. You're welcome into the house of God. You're welcome into the will of God. I believe we're called to be a church that offers solutions. Too many Captain Obvious nowadays. Some people talk about problems like it's a revelation. You know what's wrong with the church? <laughs> you only saw one thing. There's a lot of things wrong. We're trying to work on solutions. I believe that if, if your heart is for solutions, that you're going to love this church. But if your heart is to just point out the problems, you, you, you need to figure out what you want because we believe that gospel brings solutions to problems of poverty of addiction of drug abuse gospel is solution we are solution driven you know we've been working on something and i was going to wait to announce this but in light of everything that's going on i want you to know that we're always thinking about solutions and we're working on something i believe It's something big. It's something that I've been praying for years. And for some reason, the last few weeks, I got clarity on it. I feel like it seemed good. The Holy Spirit's like, okay, it's about that time. Like, I think you can take a next step now of really helping to build bridges in the city. So here's what we're going to do. Listen, I'm so excited about this. We're working on behind the scenes right now to do our first major project in our city, outside of the services that we normally do. We're getting ready to buy a house and take people off the street. Yeah. that's what the gospel does that's what the gospel does and I'm about to close you can remain standing if you want I'm about to close here but I can just let me give you a, this vision in a nutshell real quick so you can understand what we're doing I, our heart desire is that we're going we're gonna to buy a three story home Right? And we're going to rehab it. And we're going to take three families off the street. And we're going to walk with them for about a year to a year and a half. And we're going to, listen, listen. They're going to have a life coach. They're going to have a spiritual coach. They're going to have a financial coach to get them out of the poverty mindset, the cycle. Because some people, all they need is a chance. They never got a chance to get this right. And so we're going to give them a decent chance at life. Because a lot of people, believe me, all they need is one chance. And if you talk with them, you know what I'm talking about. When we go out into the city, when I talk to the homeless, listen, not everybody had it in mind to be homeless. By the grace of God, you may not be homeless. You could be two bad moves away from being homeless. And you talk with them, you, get, you understand. But if you don't talk with them, they're just a bum. But when you talk with them, they're people. My heart breaks and I say for some I'm telling you for years I've been praying and God finally said here's how you're going to do it. Listen, I closed my eyes the other day and I hope you can see this. I started seeing what if the church owned multiple homes where we continue to take people off the street and we continue to give them a place. So we're going to start with one in the next few months. Believe me, we're working on it hard. We've been doing the paperwork. We're going through all the legal stuff to be able to say, hey, this house is owned by the church and we get to decide who gets to live here. And once we walk with them for about a year to a year and a half, our goal is that now we're going to get them to their own home. Because then we can open doors for three more families to come. And then I believe this. I see down the line. I'm like, listen, we're going to help three families. Imagine they get their their, their situation right. And then three years, four years later, they're investing in the same house that they were able to be invested in. Now imagine, if you can, close your eyes and imagine. We're places where we can say, hey, right now we're working with the foster community and we're trying to help those kids. But imagine those kids who no longer can be adopted because they're too old. Imagine having a home just for those kids to be able to have a home, to be able to get out of the street. My friends, that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, when I was hungry, did you feed me? When I was naked, did you clothe me? When I was in prison, did you visit me? He says, whatever you do to the least of these, you do it unto me. My friends, I pray we understand this. A lot of religious people are so concerned with how well they pray, how well they worship, how well they go to church. Jesus said, when I come back, it's not what I'm going to look for. That's the wrong scoreboard. I'm going to look for how did you feed? How did you help? How did you clothe? Listen, that's the right scoreboard. I want to play the right game because at the end of the day, I want to hear them say, well done, my good and faithful servant. You did exactly what I asked you to do. You don't focus on the naysayers and the haters. Focus on my will and my purpose for your life to bless people. And I want to be part of a church that is part of a solution to a dying world. And that's what we're all about, my friends. I pray that that excites your heart. And we'll have more details to come. We're still working on, 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 on a lot of the logistics that goes, that's going to go into this. But it's going to take all of us. And we are in a position to do that because we have stewarded this well that we have extra money. We said, no, we're not going to put in a bank. We're going to invest it in people. And we're going to bless people. We're going to buy these houses and make a way for people to have a better tomorrow. Because if they have a better tomorrow, they won't be looting. They won't be rioting. I'm telling you, that's the gospel. I'm I'm asking us to stay focused on the mission. That's why I asked Beyond Music to do the song on mission. I'm asking us to stay focused. Don't get sidetracked. We can't let anyone come in here and divide us. We can't let society dictate what we're gonna do. We've come a long way and we got ways to go. And we need to look around and celebrate the diversity that we have and celebrate the fact that we may not be there yet, but we're on our way. We've made so much progress, we're not gonna let nothing come between us and the will of God for our lives. So please, my friends, focus. Let's stay focused on the vision of loving God and loving people and breaking down barriers because the gospel is our baseline. Can you say amen? Amen. Thank you, Lord. Would you pray with me? I want to pray for God to align our hearts around the gospel. Lord, let the gospel be the baseline of our souls. Let that be what drives us, compels us to have conversations, to break down barriers, to have dialogue, to be part of the solution in in a very dark world right now. God, commission us to be your people. God, help us to have the tough conversations. Help us to refuse to put people in categories. Lord, help us to see people the way you see them. Help us to see this moment in history as a breakthrough moment. Breakthrough moment. For our black friends. A breakthrough moment for our nation. A breakthrough moment for our society. God, I pray that this is revival in the making. This is revival in the making. Lord, your word says that you're going to come from every tribe, every nation, every language. And they're going to worship the Messiah, Jesus. So maybe you're here today or you're watching online. You don't have a relationship with Jesus. Listen, don't let this moment pass you by. I'm going to pray for you right now. All you have to do is is invite them in. And he will fill you with his grace, with his love. So pray this with me. Say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. I want the gospel to be the baseline of my life. I want to live in the fullness of your will. Fill me, Holy Spirit. From this day forward, I'm yours. I want to be part of the solution on this life. Oh, I pray this in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. We hope this talk has encouraged and challenged you. If it was helpful, share it with a friend. For more info, visit newlifesouthcoast.com. Until next time, have a blessed week.